0: This is the Bouquet Toss podcast brought to you by the Budget Savvy Bride. We're here to help you figure out what to keep and what to toss from your wedding day plans. Join founder Jessica Bishop and editor Sari Wienerman as we unpack wedding trends and traditions to help you plan a wedding that feels authentic to you. So before you get cold feet, let's dive right in. Welcome back to the Bouquet Toss. As a wrap up to season two, today's episode is all about ditching the pressure of following established traditions and trends and starting your own. We've discussed all sorts of awesome trends this season, ones we certainly are in favor of keeping if they align with you and your partner. But we're also really interested in what it looks like to reimagine the wedding industry. That said, with us today to discuss all things revolutionary when it comes to weddings is Caroline Kreidenberg
1: from Wedfully.
2: Hey, Caroline. Hi, thanks for having me. I'm so excited. This is my favorite topic.
1: Yes, we're so excited to have you. So Caroline is a graduate of computer science from the University of Denver, and she discovered the wedding world from the technical side. Very unique, didn't approach from like being a bride herself just yet. So Caroline's passion for taking on any challenge head-on is what led her to start Wedfully. She saw the white space that the largely male-dominated tech sector did not, and now online weddings have become her passion. Caroline married her background in software engineering with wedding planning to help make the process simpler and less stressful for couples across the country, something that we can totally get behind and absolutely love. Wedfully started as a virtual wedding planning platform, but when the pandemic hit, Caroline pivoted the business to offer virtual weddings for couples all across the world. Over 600 virtual weddings later, and they are definitely onto something. So we're really excited to talk more about this and all the changes in the wedding industry that have come as a result of 2020. So yeah, super excited to have you, Caroline.
2: Yes, what a year it's been indeed in every aspect, but especially in the wedding space.
0: Yeah. So to start us off, I would love for you to shed a little bit of light on what the difference is between a virtual wedding and a live streamed wedding. I know there's some ways they overlap, but I think they're two distinct things, right?
2: Yeah, I think we're all kind of trying to figure out, even all of us that are in the virtual wedding live streaming space, I think there's still room to figure out what this will be called in the future. We've thrown around the term hybrid wedding too, as we're kind of getting out of lockdown and starting to see bigger gatherings. But I would say the biggest difference that we see between Wedfully being virtual and then other live streaming options is the interactivity of the guests. So we do encourage guests to have their cameras on. We do have a two-way feed. So the guests are watching the wedding and the wedding couple can actually watch the guests as well. So that I would say is the biggest difference, but that allows us then to have so many fun, creative, engaging, interactive moments throughout the wedding so that these, what we call virtual guests, aren't just, you know, sitting on their couch, eating their lunch or dinner, enjoying, you know, a live stream wedding. They're a part of the activities and they're engaged and they're having fun and they're getting to be seen and heard and participate in the wedding itself.
1: I love that. It's a really interesting distinction, I think, to make because in, you know, just a live streamed wedding, Your guests are basically just the audience. They're just literally watching you as if it's like a movie and not getting to have that interaction or interactivity, like you mentioned. And so I do think that there is a real difference in that. And it's important to make note of.
2: Yeah. And I think I always joke, you know, whether live stream could be live or you could be watching it later, it kind of doesn't really matter, right? Because you're, they don't know really what you're up to. So I think the fact that it does feel like an event that you have to be there in real time to participate in with your camera on really ups ups the ante and makes it feel just that much more special for the virtual guests. So, speaking of like an event
0: that you're really excited for, right? Weddings have become almost like a three-ring circus, right? It's like the wedding industrial complex skyrocketed, but COVID obviously disrupted that. And so we would love to kind of hear your thoughts on where the wedding industry was going, where you wanted to see it go, and how COVID has kind of like helped make that happen.
2: Yeah, so I'll, I'll try to keep this brief, because this is honestly one of my favorite topics ever. And bringing up the wedding industrial complex, you know, it's it's a real thing. When people say bridezilla, that's I will argue that's not their fault, but the industry itself um, that's made them that way. So I would say, you know, what we noticed last year was when we pivoted to start doing virtual weddings, I'm not going to lie and be like, oh, we had this grand plan for how it was going to disrupt the industry as a whole. It was a means to an end, right? It was like, people need this. I have people asking for it. It's a way to get through. You know, everyone was struggling in the industry. And so what I think we saw, or not what I think, what we did see happen was essentially when we were featured in all these big publications right so it was a hot topic it was in the new york times it was in vogue we saw all these people come out of the woodworks who weren't planning a wedding they didn't have you know this wasn't a plan b or a fix to their wedding this was just made sense for them i always joke like something clicked they read it we have a ton of couples who have been engaged or together for 10 20 years and they just cannot wrap their head around planning a traditional wedding be it family stress costs, planning stress, the time it takes, the energy it takes, it just didn't make sense. The cons outweighed the pros for them. And when they saw this route, it clicked for them. And so what we saw and what we jumped on and what I've become so passionate about and excited about is how this is really becoming kind of an alternative for people who just can't find their place within the traditional wedding industry. And so what started honestly as a pandemic fix really has allowed the industry to shift. And I would say it's given couples freedom because virtual weddings are new territory for everyone, right? There's no way you're supposed to do it. So couples feel like they have this blank slate of zero expectations, both from the industry, their guests themselves, and they can really go and create what they want, how they want it to happen. It really has, I think, revolutionized the way couples are able to think and plan their wedding. Before COVID, you know, when I started virtual wedding planning, the goal was always, how can we make this just make sense, right? That's such a broad statement, but it just, it didn't add up. And I think it doesn't add up for a lot of people. It's like, I want to have this day. I want to celebrate it with so many people, but dot, 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 what? Like, it just is unattainable. It's not, I don't understand how I can make this happen. And I know... Jessica, like you felt the same way when planning and that's how Budget Savvy Bride came to be. It's just unrealistic what is put out there and the expectations that are stacked against us, especially as females planning a wedding. So in a way, I think as goofy as it sounds, the pandemic one allowed couples to scrap things and do what they want, be it virtual, small, you know, elopement. But I do think virtual is a vehicle for couples to really feel like they can make it their own and not be beholden to the wedding industrial complex.
1: I love so much about what you just said. (laughs) One thing I wanted to say is similar to your point, like the pandemic really did give couples a permission slip to toss everything out and do things the way that made sense for them on a budget that made sense for them and keep it smaller or more intimate and include people virtually if they wanted that. I think in some ways it was like really a blessing in disguise for a lot of people, not to say that it wasn't also stressful and tumultuous on the other end for certain couples as well. And then also another thing I wanted to share, I don't know if you've seen this, I saw a meme going around recently about traditions are like trying to meet the expectations of dead people or something like that. Whoa. (laughs) And I thought that was a pretty powerful um, statement. So <laughs> I don't know how you you guys feel about that as a, as a statement, but I thought that was pretty impactful.
0: I love that you brought that up because what I was just thinking about is like, you know, so season two, we dove into trends. Season one, let's not forget, was all about traditions and what we... Pretty much uncovered from there is that these traditions mostly come from a time when the way people interacted socially was like to throw a big ball or like to have this extravagant event where like you use the finest silverware and plates. It's like so much of what we design in our head about what a modern wedding should be is living up to expectations from hundreds of years ago when like social codes and life in general in society was so wildly different. So different. Right? (laughs) And it's like, this is the last vestige of that that we're trying to hold onto. And I think in a lot of ways, it is a great excuse for you to live that fairy tale, but not everybody needs that excuse, wants that excuse or can afford that excuse. And And I think it's really important to remember like I actually think it's kind of completely relevant that traditions are the wishes of dead people right because (laughs) this is all stuff that made sense in a different time and when we distill marriage down to what it really is it's not a huge wedding it's marrying a partner and so I love this idea that we're actually questioning, what were those things that made this so relevant then? What has made it relevant? Because it obviously has, like the wedding industrial complex is real and it's there and it's thriving in a lot of ways. But what are the ways that we can actually like test that? And virtual weddings are a great way. Micro weddings are another thing that I really love because we've come up with things that kind of satisfy both. I know a lot of times the the biggest worries people have are like, well, my family wants this, my parents want this, maybe my grandparents, they want this, because they're used to living in a time when that's what happened. And so if you're like jumping on this train, you're ready to make moves, make change, revolutionize, but you are being met with a lot of those expectations from your family, this is a great way to mesh the two together, satisfy some of those things, but also others.
2: Yeah, and I think something that, you know, in my head floats around and where I see this going and like where I want Wedfly to eventually go is for some reason, when people get engaged, right, I think we can even start as early as that moment, you know, a lot of our couples, there's not a proposal with balloons and a photographer hiding, like they come to this agreement as couple right i mean it's their decision as a unit and so one of my favorite stories is that we had a couple who went out to dinner with the person that introduced them and in the car ride back they just kind of looked at each other and they were like it feels like we want to cement this relationship that we have and it feels important for us to get married and take that next step there wasn't some giant surprise. <laughs> here's a giant diamond ring, you know, that costs so much money. And here's the Instagram post that goes along with it. Like I'm totally pro all of that, right? Like do if that if you want to, but I just want us to be able to do what we want to do. Right? And for some people, like for me specifically, if I picture myself in the shoes of someone like with my boyfriend on his knee with a diamond ring, like in and, and people taking pictures and everyone gathering after like, that for me is cringe, but that's fine. It doesn't have to be that way for everyone, right? So I want people to feel empowered to take the path forward that makes sense for them. And I think it starts as soon as the proposal and it can it goes all the way into the wedding, right? So I just hope that that what we can eventually unlock and push towards as an industry is taking that first step of like, what makes sense for you as a couple? Right now, it feels like we have, here's the mold. Let's take the person and pour them into that mold. And the minute people get engaged, it's like, what's your date? What's your venue? What's your white dress going to look like? And it's like, well, maybe I want to wear a pantsuit that's purple. Or maybe I want to, you know, not have a venue, like maybe I want to go to the courthouse, maybe I want to do a micro wedding, maybe I want to elope, I want to unlock these options as equal and wonderful to everyone. So virtual is one of those. And that's our specialty. And I've seen it do wonders for this specific problem. But I think for me, it's like just have the wedding that makes sense for you and remove the connotation of what a wedding is from like what we see as a wedding. The reason people get married is to celebrate their love in front of those that they're nearest and dearest. And I think what a virtual wedding does so well is it strips away all the excess, all the drama, the napkin folds, the linens, the everything, and just focuses on their love and kind of taking that next step in their journey. And we've just seen virtual unlock the ability to refocus on that and sprinkle in whatever else you find important.
1: I love that. I also think one of the major benefits of doing things virtually is removing the barriers of location and logistics, like travel and stuff for people, especially obviously last year with COVID, that became a huge issue for people um, was the travel and logistical side of things. But even in you know more normal times, sometimes it's just not feasible for people to make a really long trip to attend a wedding on a weekend. And so this really does open up so many options to be able to include the people you actually care about in an interactive way, not just like a one-sided audience way.
2: Yeah, and I think that's a huge piece of it, right? Is the couples that we see come through the door are people who care about guest convenience, right? they don't want to make people pay 1000s of dollars to fly in if it doesn't make sense for them. So I think that's huge, too. I mean, you're you're saving others a lot of time and money and stress too, depending on their current circumstances. That is a
0: great point. I think we're always looking at the expense of the wedding from the couple and their family's perspective. But yes, weddings just in general are expensive for the guests involved too. And oftentimes, like it's wedding season for people, right? There's a million happening at the same time and that causes a lot of stress for those people. So I do, I really like that this is something that people can consider that it's really like being taken seriously because it's not stripping away your wedding so that it's not something you're proud of. It's actually like starting from the bottom and only adding what makes it. I want best. you to
2: repeat that because yes, 100%. <laughs> that's what it is, right? Like you're start your for some reason, you don't get to start at ground zero when you're planning a traditional wedding because it's like there's just so much stuff that for some reason is already there that you have to do. And exactly what you just said, like strip it away, start from ground 0 If a really, really nice flower arch is important to you, throw that in, but don't throw in other things that aren't like, it just, it allows you to pick and choose what really matters.
0: Yeah. And that's what I want to hone in on the most, because I think that it can become easy for like even people listening to this to feel like. You know, well, it's easy for you to say, just go the other direction, defy what people want from you. and like, You know, and and in practice, it's a lot harder. And so I think so hard, right, it really is. And even I think like, I can admit myself, I'm conflicted about it. If I had to make a pros and cons list, there'd be pros and cons on both sides. I think ultimately, you got to figure out like, which ones outweigh the others. But we should note that there is some sort of middle ground here but you don't have to throw everything out and like completely stray and like I know I'm using a lot of these change making in you know revolutionary like big buzzwords. You don't have to completely reinvent the wheel to do something that will feel amazing for you. And it's really about the confidence and the empowerment to feel like it's your decision and yours and your partner's alone. I think that's where like the biggest skepticism maybe comes in. But I wanna like really just make space for the people that are unsure. That's why listening to something like this as you're planning your wedding is helpful to get your mind just like going in that direction.
1: At The Budgets Happy Bride, we strongly believe that wedding gifts are not just for the happy couple, but for everyone involved in the big day. And what makes a gift more meaningful than something personalized? Whether your guests are virtual or in person, you'll want to thank them for their love and support in a way that feels extra special. Send your loved ones thoughtful thank you cards, personalized wedding favors, or other custom keepsakes from The Wedding Shop by Shutterfly. Their collection of stationery and gifts have countless options for customization, so you can make treasured keepsakes your loved ones will hold on to forever. Looking for something extra special for your wedding party? Choose from one-of-a-kind bridal party gifts to thank your bridesmaids and groomsmen for being by your side from the beginning. For a limited time, listeners of The Bouquet Toss can take $10 off their purchase of $25 or more in the wedding shop. Just use code SAVVYWEDDING at checkout. Personalize your wedding with Shutterfly.
0: So I love that you mentioned that there's not just the wedding, it starts with like the proposal, right? And I think it starts even before that. It's like narratives that you're fed as a single woman or man. It's like the way that you watch other people go through it, what you watch on TV, what you see on social media, the entire wedding picture paints something that's chaotic and expensive. And so the more that you start to explore these things and like encourage the people you love to think about weddings differently. I think that's how together we actually make this like huge change we really want to see in freedom in wedding planning.
2: Yeah, I just got chills when you said that because it, you know, Jessica, when you said the pandemic had a little bit of a silver lining is it did allow people to see things like virtual, elopement, micro become normalized. And that's what needs to happen, right? I mean, we are on a journey that is going to take a while to get through because these are century, decade, whatever, super, I don't even know when the first like traditional wedding happened, but we are on a journey to change the narrative for something that's been around for so long. And it is just so important that people start to see snippets of it being changed, right? It doesn't have to be like I'm putting my stake in the ground and I'm going the opposite direction of everyone. I'm being defiant. Like, my favorite type of wedding that we do is this micro hybrid wedding, right? It's maybe 20 to 30 people on site. It's super easy to draw the line in terms of etiquette at just family and maybe your one friend each and kind of just say look we're trying to keep it intimate a lot of people used the pandemic as an excuse even though it's what they wanted in the first place i think you know as we start to not necessarily be able to do that as much i want people to feel comfortable saying hey look this is just important for us we're inviting our immediate family We're having 20 people on site. We're having 200 plus virtually. It's going to be fun for you. It's going to be an amazing event, but it's going to allow us as a couple to keep it intimate and keep it the way we want it to be right like we just don't want a huge showstopper event it's not us it's not our flavor um and so this gives us a way to have our our loved ones a part of it be there and it can still look super quote-unquote traditional right like you can still do processional you can still include all these different elements that are traditional wedding elements in this new landscape
1: For sure. I think it's so interesting. It's such an interesting conversation to be having. And like all the things that Sari was saying before as well, almost like, I I don't feel like we've ever really even talked about or defined like what the wedding industrial complex is on the Bouquet Toss and like what that means and how all of those outside sources are like affecting your wedding planning decisions along the way. So I would love to hear your thoughts on that, Caroline.
2: Yes. I was doing a little bit of digging about like what exactly the wedding industrial complex meant because I feel like I throw that term around and I'm going to read what essentially I I felt like a good sentence that kind of wraps it up but what I feel like the wedding industrial complex tells us is to have a good life you have to get married to have a good marriage you have to start off with the perfect wedding and to have the perfect wedding you have to spend a lot of money. And I think that rings true to so much of what all of us talk about and stand for, but it's just these false narratives that we've been, you know, seen and heard and read our whole lives. And some of them are true. I mean, they're not always false, right? Like sometimes it is, does work out really well for people. But I think what the wedding industrial complex does as a whole is like, tells us that something has to be a certain way for us in order for us to be happy and live the perfect life And I think we are just here to tell all of you we're debunking that.
1: (laughs) A thousand percent. I feel like there's so much like fear mongering and scare tactics involved in those messages. And it just plain and simple, like isn't true. And whether consciously or unconsciously you've absorbed these messages throughout your entire life. And I think that's why the conversations that we have, especially on this show are all about really questioning each of these things and asking, do I even believe this? Where did this come from? And feeling free to like ditch it if it doesn't resonate with you or feel authentic.
0: And I feel like that's a great point to make because you know you might not know how you feel about these things. It's gonna take a little bit of undoing for you to actually take a pause and say, why do I feel this way? Why do I feel like I have this pressure to make this the most expensive day of my life and have this incredible, crazy caterer and have all these things like... Where does that come from? And why do you feel that way? And it's okay if at the end of you questioning, you decide, okay, this is like something I've dreamt about, I really value it, it means something to me, I'm going to go for it. And then it's also okay, if you don't. But I think what is less okay, is just to be like, well, this is just what people do. So I have to do this. And to feel that pressure from all these vendors, all these venues, all these relatives, anybody who's gonna be like, no, this is what you're supposed to do, you have to do it. Just going into that without a second thought is well, it's definitely the antithesis of savvy, right? But it's also (laughs) it's also just a silly way to perpetuate something that we have a moment now to really unravel.
2: Yeah. I feel like a good analysis, and I'm laughing because Sari, I know you're in New York, but I feel like a really good analogy for it is I always watch these, like, young, single New York City rom-coms, right? And I'm, like, romanticized about living in New York City as, like, a single person and having, like, the time of my life, right? Because I just, when I watch these movies, I feel, like, this emotional reaction to it. And then I go to New York and I'm, like, no, this is life is a little bit hard here like you can't just get in your car and drive to the grocery store and grab your groceries like it's always just a journey to get places it's not sugarcoat i mean you can speak to this more than anyone but it's like you romanticize what it looks like because of what you've seen in a non-realistic world yep And it's just not the reality of it. It's not for everyone. Some people are like, sign me up. That sounds amazing. And some people are like, put me in the Midwest, in the suburbs. Like that's the life I want.
0: Yeah, spoiler alert, Carrie Bradshaw could not have afforded her apartment alone on her writer's salary. That is the biggest lie anybody ever tried to tell us. And she had the coolest life with like all these things, meeting guys and going out and having all this fun. And like the biggest thing, like when I look at that, I'm like, oh my God, that is the furthest thing from the truth, I mean, friends. I mean, okay, they like inherited that apartment from like a grandma. So maybe like, you know, your wealth was inherited, maybe you, you can, but otherwise, what? That is the biggest apartment ever. Like, that is just not what life is. And I think you're right.
2: All of those movies, and I feel like it translates so well to the wedding world, right? You see The Wedding Planner or whatever, all these movies with these grandiose weddings and they're living very humble lives but then having these insane weddings and it's just a false narrative. Yeah I think that so much of
0: that also comes from the wedding
2: being like one
0: day and because it's been built up so much it's like a huge expense drop on one day which is why a current trend of spreading it out is something I love We've seen people really did this out of necessity. They would have, you know, during the pandemic, right? Like they would have a very small ceremony and maybe a year later have a party, maybe wait for the honeymoon for like three years, then maybe do a vow renewal just to get some pictures that maybe they didn't get. There's a lot of ways that you actually could split this up. And so you would take that pressure off of it to feel like you have to throw everything you have at this one day and then also I think you'd probably enjoy it a little bit more because there wouldn't be this pressure on you to make sure that every single thing is perfect you wouldn't like read into anything if anything went
2: wrong you'd have so many moments to celebrate your love I think it's a cool concept too to talk about removing, you know, you're honestly trying to have everything in one day, right? And we always joke like one day 30k, like is it worth it? Um because it's the average price in the US for a wedding, but Which is Uh, another
1: just caveat, like a marketing message from the wedding industrial complex. (laughs) Like, let's remove that average factoid that gets shared around because I don't think there's, I don't think it's truly the norm is what I'm trying to say, I guess. Well,
2: average too. Then you're having people who are spending like $600,000 doing that, right? So we're just out here myth busting. But um, what I was going to say is, you know, removing the pressure. Okay, so you're... Doing your ceremony alone is a lot of, I don't want to say pressure, but it's like a lot of emotions, right? And then also having to go talk to your mom's friends, your friends, your partner's friends. You are almost kind of a shell of a person, I've heard, when you're having to appeal to all these different types of crowds that come into your life in very different ways right and i don't know some people probably do want them all in the same room at the same time but let's be honest not everyone has like that sugar-coated of a life right like a lot of us have hard relationships with different people and we may not want all of those people in the same room at the same time and in fact that may just put us under such immense stress and pressure that we end up having zero amounts of fun on that day so My favorite thing right now that someone's doing that's working with us is they're having a a virtual ceremony. They're eloping, but they're including everyone virtually. So it's just the two of them and their photographer that are at the ceremony physically. Everyone else is virtual. And then they're doing garden parties is what they're calling it, where they're going to where he's from and doing a party there. Very small, 20 people going to where she's from going to where they live, going to where they went to school together and doing these spread out parties that don't have this immense pressure of like, you have to have the cake and the dance and the, they're, they're shaping them each into the event that makes sense for that group. And they said, they are like, we struggle to tell people what exactly this is because yes, it's our wedding. This is our wedding, but it's also garden parties that look like kind of like graduation parties. So I think, you know, yes, a hundred percent. I don't know if it really always makes sense for everyone to do everything all at once on this one day.
1: I really love that concept actually, because it puts your different groups of people and loved ones in context. And so you don't have that stress of bringing everyone together and the logistics of that. Of course, there's other logistics involved in doing what, um, What's, what's like the word? It's like a, a tour of sorts, you know what Tuesday I mean? <laughs> like a, a matrimonial tour with uh, all your nearest and dearest and all the different places. But it's also fun. I think it like extends the celebration. And I think that's really cool. I actually have a friend who did something similar because she has family who, you know, live internationally. And so they had some stateside celebrations with different groups and then had one in the country where her family is from. And so You know, I think it's just another example of like, have your day your way and like, do what makes sense to you and enjoy it, you know?
2: Yeah, your day, your way, not always 30K. (laughs) (laughs) Wow,
0: that is a new one for us to add. (laughs) I love it so much. So this ties right into the segment we love to do on the bouquet toss, which is keep it or toss it. And what I want to pose here, Caroline, I know you love a hot take, so I'm just letting you go for it if there's one thing from the wedding industrial complex the wedding just pressure the traditional wedding scene there's one thing that you're you look at it and you're like toss that out we do not need it and then one thing that you're like I love that and we should absolutely keep it this can also include any pre-wedding events from proposal Mm -hmm. to bachelorette to bridal
2: party to anything like that Oh, I mean, obviously I'm tossing like a fancy proposal. So obviously I feel like we're in the wedding industry and people always ask me, okay, what would you do for your wedding? And it changes all the time, but I'm pretty steadfast now on what I would do. So here's my hot take of what I would do. So essentially what I would keep, I would have only immediate family on site. I'd have all the rest of my friends, which I, like, I'm a real social butterfly. So I'd have probably like honestly 200, 300 people join virtually. I would still have an amazing bachelorette or whatever pre-wedding party with my squad, squad up, because like that part seems fun to me, right? Like I'm not gonna wear a white dress and they're not gonna wear black and I'm not gonna have a sash and a crown, like for sure not my speed. Love that for other people and I have friends that I've done that for. You don't want but penis like, paraphernalia like all over the place? <laughs> no, I don't really feel comfortable having like penis straws and like, it's just like, anyways have a squad party, maybe I get to spend some of my money that I would have spent on the wedding for them, but I spend it on like this party with them, maybe I'll get a dope Airbnb, and we can just have a really great weekend together. And that would be like my wedding celebration with that group, right? And I don't feel like I would need my partner there because like, they're my people. I don't want to put him in an uncomfortable position of having to like have fun with them if they're not his people. Um, And then I'd have that intimate wedding. And then honestly, I would go home and like let my parents do the thing that they want to do with their friends for my celebration, but they would have been virtually there. So I still invite them. I'm still excited for them to be a part of it. But I would just literally cut it out immediate family and do these like multiple celebrations throughout.
1: Sounds like the best of all worlds. Honestly, I love it.
2: There's my hot take on what I would do at this moment, which it changes a lot. I feel like. (laughs) <laughs> you need to
0: come up with a name for like these different celebrations and then just start helping oh, people plan them. I know. Well, I'm glad you provided us with that. I know we can always trust you for a hot take. We love it. <laughs> so last but not least, before we head out, we always close with a wedding fact and I'm going to put you on the spot a little bit and see if you can guess. So according to WedInsights.com. Overall guest count was down roughly 50% on average from 2019 to 2020. So in 2020, what do you think the number was? And where do you think it was in 2019 when it was like 50% higher?
2: Okay, I actually read this. So let's see if I can remember the numbers. Um, in 2020, this is like averages, right? Mm-hmm. Okay, in 2019... I think I remember the average guest count being like one twenty something, one thirty one. <sighs> okay, almost at one thirty. Okay, and then I think in twenty twenty it ended up being closer to like sixty. Yep. Boom. So
0: yep she she knows her stuff, you guys. So yeah, average wedding count was down roughly fifty percent. So it went from one thirty one in twenty nineteen again average to 66 in 2020 and that number was keeping in mind that it's all on site of course you get to skew those numbers if you do anything virtual which is awesome so speaking of virtual and all things that Wedfly does amazingly tell everybody where they can get more information about
2: Wedfly. yeah so definitely head to our website wedfly.com w-e-d-f-u-l-y only one l Um, And then I know we do have a partnership with you lovely ladies, so I believe we are giving everyone from Budget Savvy $100 off, so definitely make sure to reach out to Sari and Jessica and get that code, but our website is best, you can email us, I'm your lead person that you'll talk to, and then you'll get to work with our amazing coordinators after you figure out what the best path forward is in terms of packages. And of course, if you always just like want to chit chat about how you can have a wedding that's true to you, come to our website and and hit me up, hit the chat up. I'd love to just talk through these things. I'm so passionate about this. I want to know how we can create that change, move this forward and virtual is the first step, but definitely come strike up a conversation if you have any thoughts at all around that or need help navigating that journey at all amazing yeah i think
1: caroline's a professional permission slip writer like do it your own way and let me tell you how and let me relieve all that pressure and stress from you so we love it Be your hype
2: girl <laughs> Wedding alternative hype girl be your cheerleader <laughs>
0: amazing thank you so much for joining us caroline it was so fun talking with you
2: likewise thanks for hosting this is a blast and cheers to seeing how this industry changes for the better
1: amen cheers to that you've been listening
0: to the bouquet toss the podcast dedicated to uncovering where wedding trends and traditions come from so that you can plan your wedding your way we're continuing the discussion in our private community join our supportive group of brides to be by heading to the slash community now it's your turn to catch the bouquet as we toss it over to you to rate and review on your favorite podcast app As always, stay true to you, and we look forward to chatting again soon.